At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action here on a Friday final hour. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Isaiah Von Vrinkel behind the glass back there. We, uh, we did, in fact, get the favorite mm-hmm. in the hard. They're calling it the hardest shot instead of fast. I guess because they had yes. fastest skaters. Yes. So you hardest shot. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, so. 102.3 miles an hour for one Victor Hedman, who was minus 120 at draft gains to get this home. And he does get this home very easily. So if you bet the favorite there, which I, I think we did, right? Yes. We, yeah, because we yes. were like, hey, look, they know something we don't. Good, good on us. We're one in. I think we won maybe that other one too. I don't know. I don't remember. You don't. You guys don't remember either. So I can tell you that we won all of them. So it doesn't really matter. But yes, uh, we just we definitely, take our word for yes, it. Yes, we at least we at least won one of them. There's no doubt about that. Now joining us. Here on the show, uh, he, you can find all his great work over at Pro Football Focus. You can find him on the Twitter machine at PFF underscore Sam. He is Sam Monson. Sam, thanks for the time, buddy. Sure, anytime. So let's uh, before we get into some of the draft stuff and some of the cool stuff that you've written here, I, I do want to talk just about the Super Bowl in general and, and your initial thoughts here. We've seen this thing. It opened up at three and a half. That didn't last very long. Got to four. Settled at four for a couple of days, then moves to four and a half. And now we're starting to see some fours pop back up again here today. What was your kind of initial lean on all this? Do you have a bet in your account? How is this uh, going to all unfold for you? Yeah, it's been a bit of a, a wild ride with everybody trying to work out exactly how this game is going to go down. It's It's really fascinating because Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind right now. He, I think he's arguably been the best quarterback in the NFL throughout the course of the season. He, was very, he would have been the, the best graded quarterback at PFF over the regular season if they hadn't sat him down in that Week 18 game. He ended up getting it back during the course of the playoffs. And as much as Stafford has been playing well for the Rams and, and gets a lot of publicity because of that trade they made for him, Burrow is the better of the two quarterbacks right now, but he's also dealing with the bigger problem on that offensive line. Um, and he's been under pressure a ton so far this, this postseason. Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, those guys have both been really close to wrecking those games uh, for the Bengals, and now they've got to do it against Aaron Donald. So I think overall, if Joe Burrow continues playing as well as he's playing, it's so hard to beat Cincinnati, but that that a problem along the offensive line feels like the kind of ticking time bomb that's going to go off at some point and and stop them, you know, competing in these games. 
And with Aaron Donald rolling in, it feels like it might be this time. So if you're going to put your money somewhere, I think it's I think the money is still on the Rams. Sam, one of the kind of recurring themes from, I think, the sport betting uh, analytics or numbers community, whatever you want to call them, is that Cincinnati kind of tends to waste first downs where they run so often on first down. Once they were able to kind of do a little bit away from that in the second half, I think they were much more effective. Do you expect that they're going to kind of go back to old tendencies or it's like, okay, we're in the Super Bowl now. We can't waste these downs and always be second and long behind this offensive line that against the number one pass rush in the Rams. Yeah, the problem is that I think they, they think that that is being the kind of the safe thing, is running the ball in those first downs and getting them into trouble. You know, Mixon, most of his carries were coming in on first down in, in that last in the AFC Championship game, and it was causing problems. It was putting them in those disadvantageous positions in second, long, and third, and, and medium, third, and long, and, and asking an awful lot of Joe Burrow and it's another one of those those situations where I think the Rams have the advantage when it comes to coaching as well because they're not undermining themselves at every turn with all those first down runs. And Joe Mixon is a talented running back. He can make some big plays. But when everybody knows that's your tendency of, of running him into the line on first down, they're ready for it and they're able to stop it. Sam, we look at the, the defensive strategy here that the – the Bengals were able to roll out in the second half against the Chiefs, and it was basically rushing three, dropping eight. They kept a spy on on Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think you have to do that with Matthew Stafford, so you can just kind of really just drop eight guys in, into coverage here. I mean, the assumption of rational coaching here would be that you would do that in this situation against the Rams as well, right? I mean, that seemed to be the the easiest path to getting what you wanted accomplished against a, a team that has, you know, about the same amount of playmakers that that the, that the Rams have. So is that how you expect them to go about this? Or do you think that they kind of go back to what they were doing in the first half against the Chiefs? Yeah, I think that was a very kind of specific game plan for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. That It's a, it's a little bit of a, a variant or an evolution of the game plan that's been causing the Chiefs problems all season of just playing coverage, flooding zones, taking away the deep shot and forcing them to be patient. And when they added the kind of wrinkle of you know getting the eighth guy in there and making sure that there was just nowhere to go with the ball, then, and they were able to, to kind of keep Patrick Mahomes bottled up in the pocket and just trying to find somewhere to go, that's when things went, went south. I don't think the same game plan is what they're really going to run with, with Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense, at least not to the same degree, to the, the drop eight into coverage, only rush three guys, have a spy. I think they're going to play coverage rather than blitz um, and just try and hold up that way. And The, the critical thing is, how they perform on third downs, which I think in both championship games was a really important barometer of how those teams are doing. In the second half, the Bengals' defense held on, all, on pretty much every third down against the Chiefs, and then every time third down came up with the, the Rams against the 49ers, that was Stafford to Cooper Cup. So which one of those teams is able to kind of maintain 
the run they had on third downs, I think will be a really big part in deciding which way the Super Bowl goes. Sam, you have a piece up here at PFF. Obviously, not too early to discuss NFL draft, considering we had the East-West Shrine game out here in Vegas uh, just last night, and also Senior Bowl practices well underway in Mobile, Alabama. If you look at the mocks, most of the mocks right now, and obviously a lot of things that take shape, uh, the Senior Bowl, and then, of course, the NFL Combine and the individual workouts, most of the mocks are going to say Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan or Kayvon Thibodeau, that one of the edge rushers are going to go number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, with their new head coach, Doug Peterson, but you're making the case that maybe it's not so cut and dry, and you made the case actually for a receiver or a corner to perhaps go first overall. Yeah, well, if you look at, you know, obviously quarterbacks go number one overall most years, um, but in the years where there aren't, there isn't a quarterback worthy of that number one spot or where the number one team already has the quarterback and they're not able to trade down, it seems like we've just accepted that it's either an edge rusher or an offensive tackle that goes number one in those years as like the safer picks um, and, and nothing else really gets a look in. But when you consider what the game has done recently and just move to this ever more pass-happy type of offense, and, and PFF has done some kind of research in terms of quantifying the value of each different position and what moves the needle the most in terms of winning games, and obviously quarterback is number one by a mile, but then it starts to become the players that impact the pass game on both sides of the ball. So it's receivers, it's cornerbacks, it is pass rushers. That's not a, a, an invalid selection, but they have to be really elite to be moving the, the needle as much as the guys that actually catch the ball and stop people catching the ball. And yet, you know, a cornerback has never gone number one in the draft. Uh, you have to go all the way back to Keyshawn Johnson for the last receiver that was number one in the draft. I just, at this point, they should be in the conversation. So when you, you know, take this year, for example, you've got guys like Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, who was absolutely phenomenal as a freshman, had one of the best seasons we've ever seen. He's been injured. He hasn't been quite as good since then. But we've seen his potential is, is sky high. Um, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati he didn't give up a touchdown in his entire college career. He gave up like 200 yards this season including you know, a game against Alabama in the playoffs, these are players that I think belong in that conversation because if they pan out, if they're as good in the NFL as they have been in college, that will move the needle on your defense more than anything else. Sam, I know you guys like look at this stuff deeper than anybody. Do you guys start to project at any point, or maybe you already have, any moves in the draft? I understand it's really hard to to figure out who's going to trade where and all stuff like that. But do you do you at least start to try and identify teams that are likely to try to move out of their spot, likely to try to get rid of their pick? I mean, if you're looking at a at a Texan sitting there at three, I mean, it's like they need so much. That team is so incredibly bad. I mean, you almost start to feel like they would do what much much better just acquiring a, a plethora of picks and, and getting out of that number three. Do you guys start to kind of identify teams that you think would be interested in moving? Yeah, we've certainly done it a little bit indirectly at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, an article on the website at the moment written by Aryan, um, one of our data science guys, who's kind of quantified where teams are in terms of off-season, just sort of flexibility and ammunition, whether it's draft capital, uh, salary cap space, the ability to free up salary cap space with, with, with restructures and those kinds of things. And the teams that don't have any of that flexibility, I think, are typically very good candidates 
to move down in the draft, right? Because you don't have uh, a ton of draft capital already. You don't have the flexibility to make these moves in free agency. The only way of changing that is to trade down and generate more draft capital with, uh, with the ammunition that you do have, try and kind of maximize those the, the one picks that you do have and move down. So a team like uh, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, doesn't have a ton to work with. I think they could definitely be trade down candidates. Um, the Carolina Panthers are another team that is not in great shape in terms of what they have available to them to, to try and fix. The Panthers may be in the quarterback market, and that pick may be gone already uh, by the time the draft rolls around. But there's a few teams like that who I think become very obvious trade candidates. And you're right, the, the Texans would be another one that is, I think, likely to move down if they get an offer. You can find his great work over at Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, enjoy the weekend. Thanks for the time, buddy. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Thank you, Sam. Great stuff over there, as always, from him. Be sure and check out all of his work over there. Those guys know football inside and out. We'll take a look at some of these basketball props whenever we come back. It's primetime action here on a Friday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action here on a Friday. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Isaiah Von Vrinkel behind the glass back there. He even spoke two segments ago. Mm-hmm. Did you hear him? Isaiah, all up on the mic, not only on the ones and twos, but I mean, also on spoke. the mic. He spoke. Do you have any do you have any NASCAR tips for anybody this week or anything? They can't hear your head rattle. No. It's like no. Just, we'll be watching the clash at the LA Coliseum you know, on Sunday. Uh, that'll be the NASCAR preview for all the execs and all the sponsors that come to LA for Super Bowl week and then of course a couple weeks later the Great American Race. There are some games coming down to the wire here in the NBA. Um, two minutes left, Cavs and the Hornets. That game is a five-point game, so be sure and uh, be sure and check that one out if you are, you know, listen, if this Cavs team, this Cavs team mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, maybe the most impressive yes. of, of the NBA season Yeah, so far. I think so. Yeah. Darius Garland did not go tonight. They have been mm-hmm. uh, very much shorthanded, but 31 and 21, uh, we're just not used to seeing Cavs, I yeah. think, recently in terms of uh, NBA All-Stars, but very well-deserved. Markinen, of course, still out. We know Colin Sexton's been out for the season. Uh, Pacers, by the way, trying to make a little run here in the final minute. Basket by the Bulls, 116 to 110, just a little bit over 
over a minute to go in Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Just a a couple of massive performances in that one as well. And oh, I didn't even I didn't even see that on top of Vooch's thirty four and seventeen that he's got right now. Uh, Demar Derozan has thirty one. In uh, that, a very quiet 31. Yeah, in that game as well. And then Karis LeVert with 42 for the Pacers. Tonight. Yeah, it's Karis LeVert and a bunch of young guys out there. Pacers absolutely going with the youth movement. Did make a little bit of run, but it looks like it may fall short. I think Vuce just got another basket there. 118 mm. to 112 in Indianapolis. 40.6 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Pacers take their last time. Out. Just a monster, monster game for him. About 30 seconds left. In the Celtics and Pistons, the Celtics have a 10-point lead, so barring any sort of miracle well, there, that is going to be a well, win. Well, they had a much bigger lead, by mm -hmm. the way. I think there's 19 seconds left to go. Celtics 100-93. Pistons outscoring the Seas 37-22. to 22. So mm -hmm. what are they saying in the NBA? Somebody always makes a run. This is why the NBA is more of a live betting sport or a second-half sport. I have very much re reduced my preflop yeah. action because of games like this. It, it, which leads us perfectly into this segue, which was this Hawks and, and Raptors game in which the Raptors outscored the Hawks 39 to 28 in the first quarter for the Hawks to outscore them 31 to 21 in the second quarter mm -hmm. for the Raptors to outscore them 36 to 27 in the third right. quarter. So they just traded these 10 point uh, differential quarters. Right yeah. There. Now 188 mm -hmm. here, uh, just starting the fourth quarter, 1051 left to go in the North 30 for Siakam. He is 10 of 14 from the floor, including three of three from downtown and seven of eight from the line. He also has eight rebounds and four assists as well in that game. So this is uh, this is a really good performance from him. Cleveland, or excuse me, Charlotte, uh -huh. by the way, it was 98-92. Oh. We were extolling the virtues of the Cavs. P.J. Washington hits a three. Kelly Oubre hits a three. This was 98-92. Three straight threes <laughs> for the Hornets here. 46 seconds left to go. All of a sudden, uh, thought this game was over. Some excitement here in Buzz City. Three straight threes for the Hornets. Look at that. That's the way, that's what we see. This is what primetime action is all about yes. right here. We get to see the end of these type of games. The three, three ball for, <laughs> for the Pacers go. We're going to get another. We're going to yeah. get barn burner there. 35 seconds left to go. <laughs> Pacers can get a stop, and if they can get it, can tie this ball game. Bulls have two timeouts remaining. This is awesome. Getting uh, getting a couple of games like this uh, early in that Utah and uh, Brooklyn game, 10 to two early on there in the first quarter. Utah out to an early lead there. Um, Isaiah, we're going to do we're going to do a little uh, we're going to do a little prop watch for these final games. Watch action. What we've got going on. Listen, we're. Uh, we're trying to do our best whenever it comes to, to prop watch tonight. We're gonna we're gonna try to give you our best, our very our our very best uh, our very best prop watch. I'm looking here. Do we have do we have it? No, we don't have it. We don't have it. So um, anyway, let, let's look at the props available for the two games to to come tonight. Um, let's see. We've got the Sixers and the Mavs. So let's mm -hmm. take a look at the props in that one. Right now, you're getting, let's see, Embiid at 31 and a half and 11 and a half rebounds, 47 and a half PRA, which is points, rebounds, and assists, and half of a three pointer made. So you just have to make one three pointer to get over in that one. Um, his projections, according to a couple of different projection systems out there, as far as PRA goes, is under that 47 and a half, but not by much. It's sitting there kind of in that 45 and a half range. So 
Um, a little bit of a margin for error if you did want to go under on on that, but not a ton here when I look at at all of these. I mean, Luka Doncic right there as well with the 46.5 PRA. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Embiid, if you kind of look, he's been on a tear of late, almost averaging 34 points in the last six games. Sixers winners of five of the last six. So whenever you do, and I don't do a ton of these NBA mm -hmm. props during the regular season, I do do them in the playoffs, obviously, mm -hmm. as we have lesser games on the board and as more teams get eliminated eliminated then you kind of get into this a little bit looks like a buzzer beater falls short for the Cleveland Cavaliers zeros on the clock 101 to 100 but don't know uh, there was a conversation there with the coaches so 101 to 100 let's wait and see if this is officially final but a seeing all zeros on the clock in Charlotte and it looks like the Bulls are going to hold on there in in Indiana, like, yeah, 121.15, five seconds left. So again. I believe there may have been a foul called on the offensive rebound. Kevin Love gets the rebound. He puts the shot up in time. The shot is no good, but I believe we do have a foul oh. called there. So a couple of free throws that could win this thing then with no time left on the clock. Yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I mean, look, I, I'm looking here. The only value that I have kind of according to my projections here, Tyrese Maxey on his PRA is listed at 25 and a half at DraftKings. You can get is it still 25 and a half on him. Yeah. So I have that one closer to 29.4 in my initial. So, I mean, that's enough, I think, to where you could make a smallish type of bet. Uh, on Maxi for his points, rebounds, and assists. I think there's at least a little bit of an edge there for him. But outside of that, I think all these numbers are pretty nice and hammered into place by now. Um, this time in the evening, again, a lot of people hit these as soon as they as soon as they post, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of like get some sort of edge sometimes. But yeah, about by now, these things have been hammered into place pretty good. But I do like Tyrese Maxey. I think he's. Uh, I think there's a little bit short there and some room for error since you are getting points, rebounds, and assists with him in that one. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. And and look, it's always interesting in terms of these first couple games after the All-Star mm -hmm. teams get announced. If you can find, like, some of these All-Star snubs, like uh, a lot of people were making the case for LaMelo Ball mm -hmm. tonight with the Charlotte Hornets or uh, Evan Mobley for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, the uh, rookie draft pick out of USC so in these like couple games not only uh, tonight but tomorrow kind of look at those guys that were all-star snubs and see if maybe the spread or the odds makers or the prop odds makers aren't like making you pay taxes on these or not see if you can get some value because usually you get a very motivated player after getting snubbed from an all-star game even though these players don't always want to go and play mm -hmm. the game they just want the honor it's kind of like the Pro Bowl in the NFL you want the honor of being a pro bowler but you don't want to make that trip we are final in detroit celtics 102 pistons 93 that does not cover yeah, that final pistons number getting the back door by yeah. the way uh it depends on the number you got because this did open eight and a half mm. in the overnight so look that's what you're trying to do and that's kind of like the trick of being an nba handicapper now and i think john von tobel here at Vison does it very well you got to anticipate okay they rested here on the first night of a back-to-back -back, so they're going to play the next night and you've almost got to anticipate these injury moves and whatnot. So eight and a half, you got the winner. If you bet the closer and chase the number, you didn't get home. It looks like we are going to have a winner there in Chicago as well. I, I can't figure out what's going on. It looks like they put one second back on the clock 
there in Charlotte, and maybe we're going to get some free throw attempts here. One point two seconds. Yes, I saw on one of the side officials yeah. with the arm up, uh, indicating that there was a foul there. So uh, one point two seconds left to go. The Charlotte Hornets are going to take a timeout. Uh, they do have one timeout. By the way, final score in Indianapolis: Bulls one twenty-two, one fifteen, winners over the Indiana Pacers. Bulls do get the cover. This did close, I believe, one one and a half with the Levine news of him being out tonight. But nevertheless, Vooch and DeRozan. 30 points yeah. plus a piece to get it done on the road. So Kevin Love makes the first of two 101-101 with 1.2 seconds left. Will he make the second? We could only if we could just bet on it. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes as well. And it is. Because, of course, our screen is ahead yeah. of the television feed yes. here. So, As time out on the floor. 1.2 seconds left to go. Charlotte will have the chance. But nice comeback by the Cavs. By the way, the money came against them. Close as high as plus 7.5 on the road in Bus City. Oh, really? Okay. So, that is, yeah, that's a, that is super interesting in that one. Again, 1.2 seconds left. This is going to, I mean, a time time to catch and shoot. But, mm-hmm. you know, not a, not a very high probability with all of that. When we come back here on the other side, we'll take a look at some more of these. Uh, we'll take a look at some more of these golf odds out here. I mean, listen, we talked about at the top of the show. It's not over yet, but, man, feels like it's over, mm-hmm. Wes. Maybe we can talk ourselves into into liking so our tickets a little bit better. Give ourselves some hope. Yeah, we'll talk ourselves into liking our tickets a little bit better. Primetime action here on Visa. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Getting ready to watch the big game? We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans on championship weekend. We will have 56 hours of free video coverage, or basically what, uh, well, my friend Wes here works in a week over here on VEASAN.com, loading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast, the biggest game of the year. So make plans to join us. VEASAN betting experts before, during, after the action, everything over at VEASAN.com. Absolutely free, 56 hours. We kick it off right here on this very program on Friday. We roll through the whole weekend in which we will also be here on the betcast as well for the Super Bowl. So, uh it should be uh, should be good times. It's one of those things, mm-hmm. Wes. We work these long hours during football season, and then we're like, "Man, I can't, guys. Man, when it, I can't wait till it be over." And then it starts to get to this point where I go. I don't really want it to be over, actually. Right. I'd rather not be over. Right. So, uh, look, I was part of that BetCast mm-hmm. last year. I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with Gil and Mike Pritchard and Danielle Alvari. Matt will be – the PTA crew will be doing that. Uh, maybe have me on as a guest to do a mm-hmm. review of the halftime show since uh, Gil <laughs> is such an entertainment connoisseur. So, uh, we'll be reviewing Dre and Snoop and Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige and company. There's – um. I mean, you, you say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but let's be for real. But I'm I probably going to get a phone this, call listen, now that I think is, about it. This is like a, you know, this is a big, this is a, this is a big, this is a big halftime show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are they going to fit? This is what I, I mean, it's an extended halftime, but even then, like, how mm-hmm. are they going to fit all these guys being able to well, do? Well, I remember the show last year on the Budcast mm-hmm. was The Weekend, which, of course, inspired that memes where he's, like, stuck in, like, a maze. It's mm-hmm. like, and I often use that, like, when I'm having a bad day betting-wise. I was, like, me trying to find winning bets and use The Weekend meme where he's, like, in that maze and, like, running into walls and running into mirrors trying to get out of the thing. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but. 
I'm, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be awesome one way or another. I, I know everyone will complain about it because right. everyone hates every halftime well, show. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that reminded me actually last week, if Gil was here, we'd be talking the <laughs> Janet Jackson documentary yeah. that aired last weekend on Lifetime and A&E. And of course, we remember how that Super Bowl halftime show worked out for her. And uh, a certain president of CBS, of course, tried to blacklist her and ruin her career. That didn't work out, though. No. That didn't She's making out. a comeback. She's yeah. still around. So we uh, that was us just kind of like killing a, a, a couple of minutes here because <laughs> right. this, this golf tournament, I mean, it's just like, look, it, it, Seamus Power goes out again. It's he's, he's leading. He's 16 under. The guys in second are at 11 under. He shoots eight under today while having two bogeys on his card. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is 10 birdies. That he had today. I mean, it was just yeah. a an unbelievably masterful. You look at these strokes yeah. gain numbers because they're just doing Pebble Beach. Yeah. That's why we don't have strokes gain for Spyglass Hill or Monterey Peninsula. The other two courses in the road out there for this event. But Seamus Power today, you mentioned eight under with two bogeys. Gained 3.25 strokes putting. Gained plus 305 on approach. You're going to win yeah. when you gain six strokes <laughs> combined on putting or approach, or at least you're certainly going to put yourself in good position. You mentioned the guys in second. You've got two of them. I've I've only I have got two one. guys. I have Putnam and Hoagie, and I'm not even like, I won't, right. probably won't even watch these last two right. rounds of this tournament. Yeah, like, right. I, I have Hoagie as well, and it's going to be like, eh, I might check the app or turn it on <laughs> on Sunday. And I'm like, if he's within two shots, I'm yeah. going to stick with it. But uh, yeah, by the way, Andrew Putnam, Tom Hoagie, Adam Svensson, all tied at 11 under par Austin Smotherman to a rookie 10 under par Patrick Cantlay 10 under par how about uh, Matthias Schwab today a 10 yeah. under round the Austrian tied for fifth and then going down the guys T8 several of them Sean O'Hare Troy Merritt Jason Day David Lipsky Hayden Buckley Kelly Craft and Satoshi Kadira yeah I mean if, if we look I mean I guess I guess what we can do is is start to look and see if there's any sort of something we might can take with us moving forward from any of this right now. And, you know, if Seamus does continue to just kind of run away with this, but I guess the name here that I want to ask you about is, is Jason day, right? I mean, here mm-hmm. we are, he's T eight in this one. He goes five under today. I mean, yes, it was, it was at, well, at least what we thought was going to be the easiest of the right. courses, but um, he goes five under day sitting, his, sitting at T eight after last week where he made a run mm-hmm. yet again in that tournament. So, is this a do you do you feel like this is a okay Jason Day is back type situation or do you think this is a Jason Day is back as long as his back is not killing yeah, him? And, and that's kind of what I was mm. looking at for this week because I felt that his price was too low. Look, mm. he played very well. He was in the final group on Saturday. I was about to say Sunday, but it was mm. a Saturday finish there at the uh, Tory Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open down in San Diego, but he had won that event previously. Mm-hmm. He was a former champion. He's done everything but win this event in Pebble Beach. When you look at his form, like I think all finishes of seventh or better pretty much mm-hmm. almost yeah. over the last decade, but he's never been able to quite get home. He did play Monterey Peninsula. Did he play Spyglass on the first day? I think he played Spyglass. Okay, I, so. I think he played Spyglass. Yeah, because uh, this got put out, by the way, mm-hmm. and of course, Spyglass Hill is the most difficult course of this Mm. rotation. Certainly it is bearing so through the first two rounds. Played a little bit easier in round two here on Friday than it did on Thursday, but the average scoring uh, for uh, 36 holes, by the way, the average round is 70.53 at Pebble Beach, so that's about a a one and a half strokes under par. The average round at Monterey Peninsula, which is a par 71, is 69.7, so 1.28, and the average of 36 holes at Spyglass Hill, .067, 
So a little bit over a 72, which is an even par round at Spyglass Hill. That is the tree line course, Pebble and Monterey Peninsula, more of like the, if you want to call it coastal type courses mm -hmm. or a little bit of a Lynxian feel, even though it's not really Lynx golf, but kind of how it's described a little bit. And, and if you believe that Monterey is the easiest, even though that hasn't necessarily played out here over the first couple of days, mm -hmm. that's where Seamus is headed tomorrow. Right? So, he shot so, eight under at Spyglass <laughs> Hill. He's four clear yeah. of everybody yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's done Pebble and Spyglass. He's, he's heading to Monterey tomorrow, which is, you know, again, we all thought was going to be mm -hmm. the easiest of the three heading in. So, even if it only plays normal to these other ones, I mean, again, he would have to really, really fall off here, which is just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, hopefully we get some intrigue, but I was, I tweeted out yesterday when Tom Hoagie, even though I knew Seamus Bauer, I was kind of in trouble a little bit because he was kind of the guy that you yeah. were looking at a little bit as the favorite, even though Patrick Cantlay had the shortest odds because he was the overall tournament favorite. I was like, I hope Tom Hoagie does a little wire to wire job deal like Nick Taylor did a couple years ago, but I don't, that obviously is not going to happen because he does not lead after round two. So uh, we shall see uh, what's happening. It may be, you know, I do a little Bill Belichick here. We're on the Phoenix. Yeah. Where, by the way, they announced the field today. 18 of the top 30 in the official world golf ranking next week, including numbers one, three, and four. Rom Hovland and Cantlay will be down at TPC Scottsdale. So with a tournament like this, with it being the funky format, the, the three different courses also being a pro-am and all this stuff like that. So if somebody plays badly this week, do you just kind of – do you just kind of brush that off? Do you not hold that against them? Like, how, how do you go about that? Because, again, it's – it's. I, I, we were talking about the way, you know, we model and the way that we look at these different things. And mm -hmm. I, I try to not do recent form early on in the season and yeah. stuff because I think that the Hawaii uh, – just it, it's kind of wonky for me or something like that. I think course form matters more yeah. in these early events for sure. Because, look, uh, one thing I, I believe it was uh, – when was it? It was 2021 last year. Mm -hmm. Brooks Kepka was battling that knee and, you know, walking yeah. these long courses like Torrey Pines. Pines or some of these hilly courses and Brooks Kepka ended up winning by a stroke over Cage Lee and Xander Shoffley last year at the Phoenix Open because that course is kind of flat. Yeah, It's not a very long course. It's about par 71, I think about 7,100 yards and change. So, you know, that's what you look at. I look a lot more at course form. So, yep. like, looking at course form next week, like Matsuyama won back-to-back -back years. Uh, Ricky Fowler's played well over the years, even though his form has right. not been very good. If you don't like recent form, then you definitely <laughs> don't like Ricky Fowler's form. So yeah, this is going to be a good field. This is always mm -hmm. against the Super Bowl. So look, when you're watching this event, and I had this years ago when I had Matsuyama in a playoff over Ricky Fowler back in 2016, and I remember this, it was going into the Super Bowl. It's never obviously on the mm -hmm. same network. I think Super Bowl NBC had it and CBS, I believe, had the playoff. So it's like, man, we're getting in the kickoff of the Super Bowl, but I'm sweating this golf future that's going to pay for everything <laughs> I may lose on this game and then some. So I was so focused on that. So maybe they'll get the uh, TV time situated. As far as the odds go heading into round three, Seamus Power is even money to win the whole tournament. Even money to win the whole tournament, even with two rounds left to go. Can't lay at three and a half plus three fifty. Putnam is at twelve to one. Hoagie is at eighteen to one. Mm -hmm. Schwab twenty-five to one. Day twenty-five to one. Merritt thirty-five. Svensson thirty-five. Buckley forty. 
And after that, it's 50 and beyond. Yeah, Grayson Sig, that. one of my guys, 50 mm. to 1. Also, Justin Rose. They're going to need big rounds tomorrow in order to kind of catch up. Maybe if you're within, I think, maybe three or four going into Sunday, there's mm. at least a proverbial chance there. Is there is there anything, let's say somebody had no pre, you know, had, had no pre-tournament bets. They're just getting in on the third round right here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would say, eh, you know, maybe if you wanted to get in and, and here's a ticket that I wouldn't mind having? Yeah, I wish Jason Day was actually a little bit higher than mm-hmm. 25 to 1. If he was kind of near 40, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. In a normal field pre-flop, he would have been like 50 to 1 or something like that. So I would want a little bit higher. But maybe Grayson Sig, who played the more difficult Spyglass Hill, very solid round today at 50 to 1. So, you know, worth taking maybe a couple shots, but they are just that long shots yes. here with Seamus yes. Bauer with a five shot lead after 36 holes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take a look at a couple of the uh, late tips in the NBA. We'll also look at college basketball games as well that are coming up tomorrow. Get Wes's thoughts on those, and we'll take you home here. Final segment, primetime action on a Friday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. One expert pick worth two times the points. Join the action on the biggest Sunday of the football season with L'Oreal Men Expert Pick. Play free for your shot to share 10,000 total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash MenExpert now and draft your lineup before the game. L'Oreal, because we're worth it. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We do have a couple of late tips in the NBA. Make sure that you have the latest lines in that one. The Thunder and the Blazers are coming to you at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. The Blazers are currently 6 to 6.5 point home favorites over the Thunder, 213.5 to 14 your total. And then the Sixers and the Mavs come to you at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. This one now slightly in favor of the Sixers, just like by like a point. Uh, 210, 210 and a half is your total. And that one, we do have those finals. The Cavs did win 102-101 over the Hornets. Celtics 102 to 93 over the Pistons. The Bulls 122 to uh, 115 over the Pacers. And then the Raptors get it done over the Hawks 125 
to 114. The Raptors do cover. The Bulls do cover. The Celtics do not cover. The Pistons come in, at least on the closing number there, come in the back door, and then the uh, the Cavs easily cover as they went out right as seven-point dogs in that one. Yeah, two in progress also right now. About seven minutes left to go in the second quarter. All jazz right now over the Brooklyn Nets, 50-34. to 34. It is Kyrie Irving, the only one of the big three that is going tonight. James Harden obviously out. And then uh, Nikola Jokic did go for the Denver Nuggets tonight, 37 to 31 over the Pelicans. Eight minutes left to go in the second quarter. This is a pretty big college basketball Saturday for you, Wes. What are these? What are some of the marquee games we're looking at? And do you have any thoughts on any? Yeah, early on, uh, you're getting UConn and Villanova, and UConn's gotten a little bit of the early money, six and a half. Seeing, I believe, five minus fifteen at DraftKings, five and a half, pretty much the market consensus. And all of a sudden, Villanova's had company here up in the Big East Conference. A a very lucky, a very good. I want to give uh, Ed Cooley and Providence some credit very good team, but a team that's had a lot of luck that has won like every close game seemingly over the last three or four weeks. They are currently leading the Big East Villanova, by the way, second uh, and uh, Villanova comes off a rare sweep. You do not see this happen to Jay Wright very often where he gets swept in the Big East Conference games. That's exactly what Shaka Smart and Marquette did to him. I think that was like the first time Villanova had been swept in the Big East regular season by an opponent since 2014. So they are getting UConn at home. UConn off uh, kind of a shaky loss to Creighton. They were 10.5 point favorites. Uh, Connecticut had won like five in a row. R.J. Cole and Adama Sanogo are two guys that were out for them and then came back in the last few games. So UConn, I think, finally had a little bit of a full strength off a bad loss. Villanova did lose at Marquette as a favorite. So where I'm going to be looking here, I do have a small lean to UConn. I have not yet bet this. That's actually what I'm going to do mm-hmm. after the show is go ahead and look at these games. So uh, that is one of the early tips. Uh, also, Iowa State at Texas. Uh, how does Texas rebound off Chris Beard's return? to Lubbock to play Texas Tech. That was probably one of the best atmospheres you've seen in a college basketball game over a year. Place was crazy. Nature boy Ric Flair mm. was there in uh, his boa. Not, not, not his usual nature yes. boy robe. He was wearing a nice little coat and a blazer or whatnot. But anyway, Texas Tech uh, did get that win over Texas, so can they rebound against Iowa State? You also have Baylor against Kansas, number eight against number 10. That's an early afternoon tip here on the West Coast. Baylor uh, hung on, uh, probably didn't deserve to win the game when you look at how it really played out, but hung on 81-77 over West Virginia on Monday. Kansas also went to Iowa State, by the way. Check on the uh, status for Kansas of their leading scorer, Ochai Agbaji, who did not go in the game against Iowa State the other night. So make sure he is good to go. So you have uh, Kansas hosting Baylor. One that I'm kind of interested in in terms of a situation, if you watched last night, Arizona paid back UCLA for beating them in Westwood. Arizona played terrible, shot the ball very poorly in the first meeting. And then in the second meeting, they came out and, you know, UCLA made a run late, but Arizona was able to put them at bay and got there in terms of the number. Now they're laying 11 to USC. And this is a USC team that's 19 and three. But if you look at them, it's like this team could easily be like a top four seed and get eliminated in the first round. Now, this is a team I am going to like here. 
I do like USC getting 11 because they've been kind of poor against some of the uh, what you would call the Pac-12 dregs lately. They barely got by an Arizona State team that can't play at all. They're one of the worst offenses I've seen in college basketball. And they barely squeaked by a Cal team that's near the bottom of the food chain in the Pac-12. Lost at home to Stanford. And they've just barely kind of been getting by. So I think that might give them a little bit of value going forward. And then, of course, uh, the big rivalry in college basketball, Duke and North Carolina. This is Mike Krzyzewski's last game on his victory tour in terms of his last visit to Mm -hmm. Chapel Hill. So... All these years, uh, they'll probably give him a rocking chair, some kind of nice gift like they give him on his retirement tour. But this is Hubert Davis, the new coach at North Carolina. Of course, Roy Williams retired. This is his first only chance, really, to get a home win at the Dean Dome in front of Mike Krzyzewski. So Duke has been on a little bit of a roll. I'm probably going to wait on that number, and I'll probably lean and maybe be on North Carolina a little bit because I like to go against these ranked teams sometimes, Mm -hmm. Matt, when they get on these winning streaks, especially in these power conferences, because I think that that gets priced in when they're on this big winning streak. Now, I believe right now they're only laying three. I'd like to see if I can get three and a half or four or even a little bit more on North Carolina. I got to think Duke's going to get the casual money. Guys, we have developments since we have been sitting here. Um, And this is, we have a theory here, Wes, that maybe our friends over on the East Coast, now we've got, now we've got New York in the fray. We had New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We added, we just added Louisiana. We added all these people. On a Friday, you get off of work. You go, you get to the bar, you have a couple of cocktails, you fire open your betting app, and you go, you know what, maybe I will fire a couple of bets here because we have seen some, some, odd, some odds get moved on Friday evenings late. And uh, right now, remember when we came on air, there were two books at four. Mm-hmm. There is now only one book left at four and a half, rest of the country right now. This, every other book has now moved to four on this so the hook is now gone everywhere except for mgm and i go hmm what's happening here in in vegas because again we're in our own little we're in our own little world Mm -hmm. caesars has now moved to four as well majority of the books still here at four and a half caesars has moved to four and i I feel matt like a Mm -hmm. lot of maybe the more i would call public type books out Mm -hmm. here you know like the win and station Mm -hmm. casino still at four in the hook i believe gold nugget our Mm -hmm. buddy tony miller still at four in the hook those cater a lot and i've talked to the bookmakers at all Mm -hmm. of these establishments they will tell you they have a lot of public betters and they have a lot of casual betters here so more often than not those type of books are going to be juiced to the favorites yeah it's it's interesting to me that you know, just over the course of the three hours we were sitting here, I had watched this thing move just at two of the books from four and a half to four. And then now as we sit here, there's only one four and a half left rest of country. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, again, the influx of new betters looking and saying, that's too many points. Right. Like, I'll just take, you know, I want the underdog to win. I love this Burrow guy. Right. And and you don't want to necessarily read into every mm-hmm. move because different books are going to have different exposures. By and large, it's going to end up the same based on the fact that the handle is just going to be so massive. This is guy was watching uh, this morning, I think, uh, one of the morning shows are covering. Mm-hmm. This is going to be record-breaking sports betting, of course, uh, because obviously yeah. New York State is going to have a big piece of the pie of that. So this is going to be the most bet Super Bowl ever. The uh, we were we were wondering if it was going to happen, and it it sure enough did. Our our friend old old mattress Mac made that short drive from Houston over to Louisiana and uh, put in a four and a half million dollar bet on the Bengals at plus four and a half, which just lets you know again. Mm-hmm. 
all bets are not created equal. No, and no, not, they're not. Just because it's a big bet that doesn't is something, mean. That yes. is something I always say, and I am so glad yeah. that you say that because I know people love that content because they're overwhelmed with this, the size of the mm. wagers. You know, somebody bet $440,000 where they're not going to reveal who it is yeah. because of obviously confidentiality. You don't know if that's some razor sharp guy or just some dude with money that you might not trust across the street unsupervised. Yep. So you have like no idea if this is sharp money, but you know what? Somebody that has that amount of money to bet doesn't mean it's necessarily what I would consider like quote unquote wise yes, guy money. Absolutely. And just to repeat something that we said a little bit earlier in the program, if you weren't with us, I do, I do think that this is going to play out and I, I could be proven wrong, but if you do like any of these player props right now and you like the overs, I would get that ticket in my account this weekend, ASAP is actually before everybody starts to really look into these markets. Because, again, we have mm -hmm. quite literally millions of new bettors that are going to be betting into these markets. And like we said. And a lot of first-time bettors. A lot of first-timers, and they just don't bet unders. And so if you like an over, those numbers are going to run, and they're going to start running pretty soon. And it wouldn't surprise me if they started running this weekend with some of these as people, you know, actually aren't working, take the time to download the apps mm -hmm. and do the deposits and all the things things and stuff like that. So I would definitely get those in the accounts as soon as humanly possible because let's uh let's not let the number get away from us if you do actually like one of those overs. Wes, I really do appreciate you being in. Good to be I with think you, we'll Matt. see you again next week as well. Isaiah von Brinkle behind the glass. Well done as well. Stick around for the nightcap. Download the at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.